It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This bonus episode, titled Swarmageddon, originally aired on Patreon on June 25th, 2020. This episode may have also marked the beginning or maybe peak or middle of Ken's endless swarm talk. <laughs> Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. Howdy, Mr. Ken. Hey. Welcome to another bonus episode here of The Hive Jive Junkies. How you doing, sir? Well, you, <laughs> you've gone southern or what? <sighs> I have gone three cups of tea with a lot of honey in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're ahead of me. Um, I've been up since one o'clock. <laughs> that's that is yes. That that's not a that's not a new story for this show. Nope, not at all. Um, not at all. That's every day we do the show, except for the times that I've come up to the lake house and and done them up there in one of the cabins. Then you weren't up since one a.m. those days. But um, Ken, take it away. Wake up. <laughs> I'm awake. <laughs> All right. All right. So Do we want to talk about you all the swarm? have had Swarmageddon. Yes, Swarmageddon has been everywhere out there. Yeah, we've had. Let's see, I've got four traps. It's got bees in them. Let's see if I got four. I got a top bar. I've got the two eights, and I got ten. Yeah, I got four. It's got bees in them. Uh, oh, by the way, one of my top bar barrels. You know that I made last year. I got a. <clears throat> Swarm in one of those that's drawn out the bars. Now, let me tell you about this one. Uh, you know, I called you and said, hey, John, I got a top bar. That top bar barrel has got a swarm on the bottom. But they wouldn't go in, and they wouldn't go in. I'm saying, well, what the hell? Finally, I said, well, I'm just going to catch that bunch, knock them off in a box, and go put them in an eight frame. And that's what I did. And they don't like that eight frame. I mean, they are on, they're all over the wall on one side, and they're on one, one uh, frame. And they're not moving around. So, okay. And that's, by the way, it's got a queen excluder on it. And so uh, I left, I had pulled some of the bars out of the top bar and just to make sure there wasn't nothing in there. And there wasn't nothing in there. Now, the other day, Max's were over checking one of his uh, trap outs that he we had he one of his bunches of bees he got out of a trap and put them in eight frame and they're doing just wonderful. I said, Max, let's put this eight let's put this top bar back together where I talked to, took the lid off and 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 I'm just in my shorts and a t-shirt and I'm sitting there working on it. I said, Where the hell are all these bees coming from? I'm not in my suit, but I'm, and all these bees kept coming and coming and coming up. Max, come here. He says, what? I said, there's, see if there's bees in here. And uh, I got down, I looked underneath, and there's a whole damn bunch of bees going in and out. And I'm sitting there, oh, damn. So I says, I lifted the lid. He pulled some of the bars out. They're drawing out three bars right now. And I'm sitting there. So was that bunch of bees that I took off of there, were they 
part of this bunch of bees and they want to come back home, but they wouldn't go in. So I'm sitting there, what the hell? But now we also have two other bunches. Max has three bunches in, in traps. So, uh, and these are, you know, they're about three pounds of bees in each swarm. And uh, I think Max has got one that's got a real, it is a big swarm. It's probably got seven or eight pounds. But uh, it's crazy. All the bees. And, you know, last year we had that one big bunch that come through. And then we had a lot of little swarms come through. We have a lot of feral bees. That's all I'll say. Yeah, and you've got the the smaller ones that I think is the same thing that was happening last year. It happened later in the year last year, but... You had a bunch of small, basically, after swarms that were headed by virgin queens, and the, the virgin queen doesn't really gather as many bees with her and can make it more confusing, and they kind of merge and divide and all this other stuff. But, um, but yeah, so you, you have some colonies out there that are pharaoh colonies that have the genetic tendency to do after swarms a lot, um, and you get a lot of these little little ones that come through. And one of the things that we had talked about on that was, you know, what are you going to do with them? Because if you catch these tiny little swarms, the queen hasn't mated. She's still got to go out and mate. They come back. They will start drawing comb, but they're not going to nearly be able to draw out as much comb as a larger swarm. You know, if you've only got, say, 5,000 bees or less in this swarm, they're not going to be able to do as well as a 10,000 swarm, you know, 10,000 bee swarm. And so you may end up coming to a point where... You have to decide, is it better to leave them and see how far they can get or merge them and then let that one bigger colony go forward? Because like right now, we still have some of the nectar flow left. We got we got rain, Ken. I don't know if you got rain at home. I don't think we got rain at home, but yeah, I know I'm here in, yeah, I'm in here in Austin. It poured. It did. We got two inches. <laughs> I was looking out in the, the garden before we got on the air. We got two inches of rain. And it was just like, you know, kind of late, early, early morning, late night, early morning. But um, that was crazy. And so that will actually help. Now, if it only rained here in town and it didn't rain out at my farm, it's not going to do us any good out there for the honey flow. And the same thing for you. If it didn't rain at your place, it's not going to do any good for the honey flow. But there is more rain potentially in the forecast for this coming week. So fingers crossed, um, by the time everybody hears this, maybe we've got some more rain and it all goes good. But while there is still the potential right now for the... Um, Jacob's bugging me. <laughs> Just kidding, Jacob. You're not bugging me, but you are interrupting the show, man. <laughs> um, okay, anyhow, so we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. Jacob just sent me a message. Um, so you go through, and if you combine them now, they can take advantage of whatever little bit of the nectar flow is left, and they can take advantage of more bees to do more work. They may be able to draw out more comb, and it's just like going into winter a bigger, stronger colony is going to have a better chance of survival than several tiny little bitty colonies. And a bigger, stronger colony coming into the nectar flow is going to outperform several smaller little colonies hand over fist. It's just all about the number of bees and, and you know, it takes a certain amount to get things to work and it takes even more to get them to work smoothly. So do you combine them? And if so, which ones do you keep? I know the one we won't keep. Max has got a swarm and a trap. He calls the Daughters of Satan. It's a small swarm. He went up to it. 
<laughs> well, I'm sitting in the truck. He just puts the ladder up to step up and get where he could lift the lid. And he's just on the ladder. He hadn't even touched the damn th the, the trap yet. And that small swarm comes out and commenced to kick in his rear. <laughs> they are the daughters of Satan. I think that's that bunch. Of, it's a swarm off that bunch that you got a, a week <laughs> or so back. You think they, they went all the way up there to your place? They flew flew an hour and a half to Lake Buchanan? <laughs> it, it, it's one bunch. It's a small bunch of mean bees. <laughs> he says, Dad, the rock hive was nice. <laughs> These here won't even, I don't even have to touch the hive for all of them come out. <laughs> he, he, I says, well, John says he had a swarm of 30,000 guards. He says, I think this is about 4,000 guards. And I says, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but also he didn't smoke them. No, he didn't have a smoker with him. He didn't light it. No, he didn't. Yeah, and, you know, he's climbing up, so he could have shook the hive and jostled it. And there's probably pheromones on the suit that were approaching the hive. And, I mean, so there's there's lots of things that could have provoked them or set them off that made them react that way. Um, but not, you know, who knows? They, they may truly be evil, nasty oh, little turds. Just as soon as he finished that bunch, he went down and checked uh, the bunch that he had moved over in an eight frame. And he says, Dad, you, this bunch is growing. He said, I got two frames, excuse me, two frames of brood, full frames of brood off this queen. And they hadn't been in there. We can maybe, well, no, we took them out last week uh, off of a tree. And last week, yeah, they've been in there a little over a week. And here they, she had uh, brooding eggs all over it. And uh, so that and fixing to take off. He says, she's the prettiest queen. And I'm sitting there, you were just saying you're going to pull the head off this queen. But no, now she's she's a good layer, and she's the prettiest queen. And so I'm sitting there, okay, do we kill the queen up there, bring it down here, mix it with this one? No, because they're too they, they, they would probably kill the ones that they're, that's here. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it really just all depends because you do sometimes have to make those choices, right? If you're out in a... Um, rural area and you don't have neighbors that are right there that you've got to worry about and you don't have other things that you got to worry about if you have a colony that is a little bit testy not uber testy but a little bit testy but they just perform amazingly and they make a ton of food and a ton of honey and all this stuff do you get rid of them or can you tolerate their behavior and can you work with it because if you can tolerate the behavior and work with it then you should go forward with that right Yep. But if they're in an urban setting or if you have neighbors that are close by and kids and pets and things like that and they are testy or more testy, then it may be worth going ahead and changing those genetics out because, you know, you got to be responsible beekeepers as well. Yes, you want to have a good harvest, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you keep it safe. So you may have to sacrifice the queen that has the testier genetics in lieu of a queen who 
is doing as good as can be done, but doesn't have those defensive attributes to her, you know, and merge that all together. But you're just going to have to go through and you're going to have to kind of, you know, hedge your bets. Say if you got four swarms, merge two of them together and leave two of them alone and see what happens. Or merge three of them together and leave one of them alone and see what happens, you know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're just, we're just sitting here watching. In fact, I, I done hung up another swarm trap, and there was bees yesterday looking at it. There's about 50 bees for 30, 40 bees out there. I'm sitting there. No, we ain't got another bunch already moving in. I got to get all now, these put in boxes. <laughs> when you hung that up there, though, did you spray it with Swarm Commander? Oh, yeah, of course I did. Well, that's what they were doing then. Swarm Commander confuses the shit out of the bees. And when and that's what Max was finding when he was first doing it. He had put up a trap. He had spray it. He'd come back that day or the next day and he'd be like, oh, my God, there's bees. I'm going to get a swarm. And then nothing would happen because what it really was was the pheromones were so strong. It was attracting the bees to it, not because they were looking for a home, but it was overwhelming them and they were picking up on it and going to see what was going on. But they weren't bees that were scouts that were looking for a home. They were just trying to figure out what that smell was. And, you know, that is one of the things that could definitely be occurring in some of these instances and causing some of that com confusion. Um, when I did the Swarm Commander, like this year, I didn't do it at all. And we caught just using boxes that, it, that normally would have bees in them. Um, we caught all of our swarm traps with the exception of one because I think a swarm had moved in and then uh, some field mice moved in and the swarm said screw it and left. And ants also moved into the bottom of it, too. So they had a lot of uh, neighbors inside there with them they didn't like. Um, but anyhow, with the exception of one, all of our swarm traps were filled this year. And we didn't use any swarm commander. We didn't use any lemongrass. We just had, you know, boxes that had already had bees in them before. They had the propolis and the smell and the pheromones to them. We had a frame or two or a bar or two of comb. And that was it. Everything else was just open, empty stuff for them to draw comb in. So, and they did, they did well. But it uh, when I did use the Swarm Commander, I specifically bought the little vials, those little plastic conical vials. But I don't open them. And that's I, I will I take mine, I open them, take Q-tip, put a little bit of you know stick Q-tip in there, put a little bit at the entrance, I'll crack the lid, put a little bit across the top, and then push the Q-tip up in there. You know, just flip it up yeah. in there. And that's all. What I, I did is I took the vial. And I formed a little hanging apparatus, and I just hung the vial itself inside the swarm trap, and I did not open it. I left it closed because they it's strong enough, and they have a good enough sense of smell that they can still smell that inside there. And it's more subtle. It's not this overwhelming, oh, my God, what's going on, you know? Um, and that's what we did last year on the swarm traps, and we got swarms in every one of them except for one, I did put it up in the uh, the squirrel box, owl house swarm that we had taken down, and then I cleaned it all out and then flipped it around, and I wrote freebies on it just to be a smart aleck. Um, I did put one up inside that, and we did not ever get any swarms inside that, but it is also a smaller container, and it's here in town. Um, the ones that are all out at the farm, we ended up getting swarms in all of those last year that we had put that in too. So, um, but that's what I did. So it was just a subtle encouragement but it wasn't an overwhelming you know pull them in kind of thing so um, i do think that uh, some of that 
attention and possibly even some of the confusion and chaos that follows afterwards could be from too much of the Swarm Commander. Well, Max uses a two-ounce bottle with spray top on it, and, and I yeah, use the vials. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't, I don't not, you know, <laughs> he goes, and then sticks it up in there, and then opens the top, yeah. and where I just take a little bit on a Q-tip, and, and I'll bait two or three with that one vial instead of, yeah. But anyway. Well, I, I do remember when we had the crazy swarms last year, um, and I went out there and I looked, you did have that one little top bar nuke that had like the one queen on the ground and there was like seven or 10 attendants around her. Um, there were like five different Q-tips. There were three of them inside the box. There were two of them down on the ground. That was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> no, no. I read where a guy, he puts one Q-tip in there and when he finds the Q-tip on the ground, he knows there's a swarm in there and it does work that way. Yeah, because if if they can, depending on what your setup is, if they can get it up and out the entrance, they'll they'll pull it out of there for sure. Um, yeah, but I'm mean, just you know you just got to be cognizant of the other things that you're doing and then take those into consideration. So when you put up a box and you coat it with Swarm Commander and there are bees actively around in the area, and then suddenly bees are immediately looking at it, it's because you coated it with Swarm Commander. It's not because the swarm's looking to move in. Now get get back to us in a week. If you have not added any more Swarm Commander and there's bees all over it looking at it, now you might have a swarm that wants to move in. That'd be a completely different story. Yep. And that top bar, you know, here I took, knocked that swarm off. Now I'm wondering if that other swarm was in the box when they were hanging outside and wouldn't go in. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. One of, uh, one of my favorite blogs to read is from rusty a lady who has uh does the honeybee suite s-u-i-t-e suite honeybee suite blog online and i i just i love the way that she writes and the stories that she tells and and just the use of you know the english language but um she recently had an article that she put out there about swarms all choosing the same box she had an old old top bar hive and the colony had uh, had either absconded or died out of it. And she had left it back there, and she kept meaning to go clean it up and do other things to it, but she just had never got around to it. And then she watched, and one of her colonies swarmed, and it went way up into the top of a really high pine tree. And then another colony swarmed, and it went up high out of reach as well. And she was like, man, you know, this is... Uh, they're, they're both out of reach, and, and how am I going to get them, you know? And she was kind of sitting there watching and trying to figure out what was going to go on. And both of those swarms ended up, well, a third swarm came and chose that top bar. And they moved into the top bar. And they were all in the top bar. And then the swarm that was way up in the top of the pine tree a little bit later let go and went to that same top bar that another colony had just moved into previously. And they were on there, and they were all piled up. And then after a little while, they decided it wasn't going to work, and they left, and they balled up on a branch that was lower and nearby, and she was able to go collect that one, right? But that other one was still up in the tree. That that second swarm was still up in the tree. And it let go, and it went to the top bar, and it balled up on the front of the top bar. But unlike the first one, it didn't leave. It decided it was going to stay there, and even though there was another colony that had just moved in as well, 
they marched their little happy butts right on inside and they moved in too. And she said it was uh, one of the strangest things that she had seen. You know, you would think that part of that process of is this a good home or not would uh, also include does anybody currently live there? Um, but the the swarm had just moved in recently. So the scouts and everybody may have still been like, this is the best option, right? And they were all scouting it at the same time. So it was a matter of who got there first. But that last swarm decided, yeah, you know what? Even though you got there first, we're bigger than you. <laughs> and colonies can do, um, you know, usurpation where, where they go through and they will actually usurp a colony and uh, overthrow the queen. It is It is not unheard of. It does happen more with Africanized genetics, but any any honeybee colony, Africanized or not, has the ability to do that, to do an usurpation swarm where, you know, they may go in and assassinate that other queen and just march right on in and be like, it's ours um, because there's more of us and uh, we just say so. <laughs> so, but yeah, so there, there could be, it could be that the, the barrel got checked out twice and one colony tried to move into it or the hive. I don't remember if this was the barrel of the hive, but you know, one colony moved into it and got set up and going and another colony had decided it was a good place, but they got there to find that somebody else had already moved in and they were small. So they just hung out outside and was like, all right, well back to the drawing boards and sent out their scouts again to go try to find a better place and see what they could do. They were drawing comb there too, though. <laughs> yeah, they will do that. When the when the swarms ball up and they form the beavawack, at the very least, they leave little nodules of wax interdispersed everywhere on the surface that they're clinging to because, again, they're primed and they're gorged with all this honey and nectar. And their whole point in life at that point is more than likely they're going to find a void that has no comb. And they're going to have to immediately draw comb so they can survive. So they're ready, man. And they're pumping that wax out. They're leaving little little nodules and droplets and stuff everywhere where they're hanging on. And if they stay there long enough, they'll start drawing comb there. Because if it's been a few days, then it comes down to, look, we're going to run out of resources that we're carrying with us. So it's do or die. We got to build here and try to maybe restage and recoup. And sometimes you'll find that where they'll build a comb or two and bring in more resources and stuff, and then they may still let go and, and when they finally find a good place and move off to it, but they will start building emergency combs sometimes in those areas. Oh, it's crazy. That's all I can say. So you may have said this, and, and I just overlooked it, but um, how many does Max have in addition to the ones that you have that have bees Max in them has now? Three. three. My brother yeah. has one, and I have four. And that's okay. all been within two and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't too much. Well, it wasn't a, a lot earlier than that. You know, a couple weeks earlier than that, you were complaining about <laughs> you didn't have any swarms. You had all these traps, yeah, and there were no swarms. So um, it uh, see how quickly things change. Your area just wasn't ready yet. It wasn't wasn't time for swarms up there yet. It hadn't got hot and dry. Once it got hot and dry, they started swarming. It, we had all that rain, and I think that's what, as much as anything, I think once it got hot and dry, they started swarming. It kind of goes against the the nature, though, of the swarm, because usually that happens during the nectar flow, um, and hot and dry would also insinuate maybe no nectar flow. But you do have mesquite out there, and the mesquite is blooming, and you've got all the bee brush out there. So that, yeah, that could be... Uh, 
could be contributing. So the hot and dry could have just led to these other plants that like it hot and dry to do the flow. Um, and the bees still have plenty coming in. So that, that could have triggered it too. So who knows, man, you never can tell. Who knows what a bee do. Who knows? Only a bee. Only a bee knows what a bee will do. Oh, yeah. Well, well sir. Lots of freebies. Freebies. <laughs> lots of freebies. That took lots of material to build lots of swarm traps to catch lots of freebies. <laughs> oh, well. And lots of swarm commander. Yeah, not as much, but yeah. Max got two more bottles in the other day. I says, damn, son, how many? <laughs> I use it. I know. <laughs> yeah, you do. You use a lot of it, boy. But, you know, all my bees, you know where that big swarm come in on that barrel? That's where all my mm -hmm. bees are, are. That's where I'm trapping them, right in that area. So I don't know. I mean, he says, why do you just trap them in that area? How come I can't? I says, well, you got that mean bunch up there on the on the where the boat lot is. Those are too mean for any other bees come around them. And then you got that bunch over here. My bees are keeping those safe. So uh, he's got a bee. Uh, he's got a bunch in a in a big sycamore that's over a bait shed. And yeah, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll get. Well, I'm sure we'll get more before it's all said and done. But uh, we're supposed to get have, have a rainy season now. Well, you know they didn't. They really started last year in August. You think about it. Well, that was that one. That was one event. That was one really strange event where you had multiple swarms merge together move in, move out, split apart, merge back together, then get really discombobulated. Um, and I think that was one of those scenarios that was very similar to what I ended up doing over here in this neighborhood where they had one giant swarm and it ended up having multiple virgin queens in it. And then they started fighting with each other, the bees themselves, um, and they were balling up on the queens trying to kill them. And then it, it started falling apart into these individual little groups and clumps and people were fighting or be people, bees were fighting, you know, um, it, it was probably something like that where you've got these multiple after swarms and virgin Queens and they get merged into a bigger swarm and then like chaos ensues and they don't know who's going where and why. And so I think that was kind of it. And that also still, I mean, it, yes, it absolutely could have been a swarm, true legitimate swarm, but it also could have been an abscond, but it would be odd for an abscond to have that many Queens in it, you know, so it probably was swarms and after swarms, but it was crazy though. And, uh, but it was a fluke. You know, it was like, it was a one and done. It was that one thing and it happened over a course of a couple of days, but it wasn't like, you know, four days later, there was another one and four days later, there was another one. And that's kind of what you guys are having now is, is more of a steady flow of swarms, which is kind of more indicative of a true swarm season. Well, then what I have learned out since then is learned is one that we had two different uh, beekeepers in the area. One of them had 36 hives when when the when he died, the kids did nothing with them. They just let the 36 hives go feral. They quit them. Uh, another beekeeper had 14 hives. When she got too old to mess with them, they just she quit them. So here we have 40 hives of bees, and this is probably 15, 20 years ago. We had 40 hives of bees that have split and split and split and split we got a lot of yeah. wild bees in the area feral bees in the yeah. area <laughs> i mean and 
some of those colonies could have died out entirely. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so you may add 40 colonies that were left and abandoned and say 10 of them made 10 it. of them flat out crashed and then 30 of them swarmed. But then later, some of those crashed and some of the swarms don't always make it either. Uh, depending on the time of year and the size of the swarm. And then it comes back to that, well, it was a little bitty swarm, and they drew out two tiny little pieces of comb, but that wasn't enough yep. to store enough food to make it through winter, and there's not enough bees to keep them warm, so they die. You know, so, but, you know, yes, that is that was what seeded the entire area. That's how, you know, honeybees got here to begin with, was people brought them over, those colonies swarmed, and those swarms then split and swarmed, and they slowly spread. It's the same way the Africanized bees got to the United States. You know, they, they were engineered down in Brazil. They escaped. Those colonies left and absconded. They then started making colonies and started swarming rapidly and dividing quickly and slowly migrating and, and moving up northward um, until they reached the United States. So it's uh, it does. That's, that's how it works. So if you had a lot of beekeepers out there and they had a lot of colonies and they abandoned them, then, yep, that's what's going to happen. We've been on uh, removal sites. Um one of the first years I was doing removals, there was a, a lady, and I, I think I've told this story at some point. I've told it enough times. I think it's on the podcast, but I don't know. But um, So I'm not going to go into the whole story. But basically, there was a, a piece of property that they called us out to that ended up having three separate colonies that needed to be removed on the property. And then come to find out, the lady that owned the property next door they had recently purchased that property, and when they did, she said there were white boxes, and there was still one that was intact, but it was all rotted, but bees still lived in it. And she was like, there were boxes like this all over out here, and they eventually just all rotted and fell down. Um, and I was like, well, that would explain why now in all of the stuff everywhere around here, there's now bees and all this stuff. And it's the same thing that happened out by Circuit of the Americas uh, back a few years ago. Um an idiot put a lot of bees out there in a low-lying area, and then we had traumatic storms that came through in October with tornadoes and flooding and all kinds of craziness that normally wouldn't occur, um, and it flooded and washed all those hives away. Well, for the next year and a half, almost every phone call I got was for a removal that was within five miles of that area. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like, and that's where they all came from. Suddenly all these bees got displaced and they all had to go find new homes and then some of them survive and they end up splitting and, and yeah, so um, it's crazy. But yeah, you definitely have some feral bees out there somewhere. Oh, we got lots of them. <laughs> and then we got a lot of places for them to move to because, you know, there's so many weekend cabins up here and and people you know mom and dad or grandpa and grandma bought them a place and they have them a cabin and then grandpa died and the kids well we ain't gonna have we ain't gonna go out there they're fighting over the cabin so they don't go out there and then when they get there oh guess what it's full of bees and so yeah well old boats and equipment and barrels and hollow trees and i mean yeah they they have no shortage of potential hive sites that they could choose yep plenty of them which is good that you guys have so many swarm traps <laughs> yeah, yeah we catch them well, and that... them swarm traps <laughs> that's right that's why you guys have have it's good that you have so many swarm traps because then you have them out there and hopefully they choose the trap and not you know the wall of one of the cabins <laughs> yep so which they have done before oh yes they have 
Oh, the wall, the floor, yeah. Yeah. Way easier to get them out of a swarm trap than it is to get them out of a cabin. Sure is, I guarantee you. Well, sir, we shall go ahead and call this one good and uh, wrap her up for the week. Hopefully everybody out there is doing well. Hopefully your nectar flow is uh, still hanging on by the hair of its chinny-chin-chin out there, like a little cat hanging off the tree. Just hang in there. Hopefully you all enjoyed Swarmageddon, and we will talk with y'all next week, so be good. Y'all be safe, family. This Hive Jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you, and we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees.